Hello and welcome to another episode of Astro Tests, or the full name of the podcast is Astrology with Tess. Hello, I am Tess. How are you doing? Um, and for those of you who know me, usually I do podcasts that are about only astrology and usually I try to educate you on astrology and educate you on things I know and things I find find interesting in astrology. Um, however, my podcast is also um, categorized as a spirituality podcast. And today I have something different for you guys, something that is in my mind for a while. And um, I am taking this podcast and this experience into a different level, a level that I prefer and a level that I like and I wanted to do for a while now, basically, but I haven't had the chance to do it because I didn't know how to say segue. Is that the correct word? Uh, how to, to take myself towards that path. I am not only an astrologer and I don't always only do astrology and tarot. I, I, I am a spiritual person and a lot of people are into the path of spirituality lately. And with everything that is going on in the world and how crazy the world is, I feel that it is very, very important for us to be spiritual at this time uh, and be connected to our soul, be connected to our being, be connected to our source of energy. Before we go into today's episode, um, if you hear birds and things around, it's because I'm doing this podcast outside. I figured it's very fitting to start my podcast differently. Um, I, I have taken my microphone outside and my garden and I am doing the podcast from my garden. So you might hear birds, you might hear other sounds. Just power through with me. It's it's fine. It's better. It I feel like it kind of makes the atmosphere a little bit more um, sit down and talk with me or sit down and hear my opinions because I can't really have a conversation with you through here. However, I, I think that you're going to like it and I'm going to like it. So let's see how it goes. Today I have a different topic. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit astrology. We're actually going to read a chart today. A little bit. I'm not going to go way deep into this person's chart. However, I I wanted to talk about the metaverse and how this new age, new world order is going to come into our um our lives. I'm sure everybody has heard about the new world order once at least in their life. A lot of people that are into conspiracy theories um, have heard of it many times and it's usually associated with the Illuminati. I have my own beliefs and conspiracies like that and I try to take things with a grain of salt and basically try to filter the information I'm getting from conspiracy theorists and not really dive into and believe everything I hear about conspiracies. 
However, when conspiracies are turning into facts and when we are living the change, it's not so much of a conspiracy. It's it's facts. So I do want to to talk about the metaverse and I want to talk about a little bit um, about Mark Zuckerberg. Like my first segment into this podcast would be his chart and we're going to go through his chart together and look a little bit of a baseline into his chart. I have notes here with everything. My notes are written today, so like by hand, so you might hear my uh, notebook turning around and stuff like that, but that's fine. I don't think you have an issue with that. Um, but Mark Zuckerberg actually has, for me, an interesting chart. First of all, the first thing I noticed when I opened his chart was that he has the the yod, the finger of God, as we call it in astrology. Finger, The finger of God usually... Um, a lot of successful people have it, but it usually also um, shows, suggests that there is a, a compulsive debt repayment um, associated with his subconscious fears and unconscious mind in general. In this specific chart, generally the, the finger of God is means exactly that, that there is a debt that you have to pay in this lifetime. There, there is something that you have to to work towards, and something that you are aiming towards. And in his specific case, uh, we have the finger of God showing and like pointing out his Chiron. And for those of you who know what Chiron is, great. However, for those of you who don't, Chiron. And astrology is the wounded healer. So you basically have a wound in this aspect where Chiron is a wound in your life. And you will be able to heal it through that energy. So Mark Zuckerberg actually has that in his chart. And it's rare, to say the least, to have that. Like I think he's the first chart that I've read that has that um, finger of God. And when I first learned about this pattern, um, it, it really stuck into my mind for some reason. I don't have it. Like none of the people I know personally in my life have it. Uh, but for some reason, this pattern stuck out to me a lot. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. But let's go through his chart. So he has a lot of planets. Mark Zuckerberg has a lot of planets, um, three planets in the 11th house. The 11th house is about um, communal service, is about the community in general. It's about humanitarian work, is about um, anything that has to do with the public in general. Um, and when I saw that, we have to note here that his moon and Mars are both in the 11th house, which for me indicates, and Scorpio is in the 11th house in that specific time, which for me indicates that he he had to, he was pre predestined to actually come here and do what he's doing. He created a public platform for all people to connect to each other. 
And he created um, this free platform. So it is kind of humanitarian of him, isn't it? Like people would think. At first it was, but as Facebook progressed, we, we know now and we understand that he's not doing it out of the kindness of his heart. He has actually put ads into Facebook and you're watching ads everywhere and they're getting paid out of that. You can't promote your own material through Facebook. So you pay his company, like Mark Zuckerberg, you pay him money um, to to promote your stuff. So, yeah, that was interesting to me that he has a lot of planets. Three planets, you might say, is not a lot. But when you have three planets on uh, a specific house basically activates that house a little bit more and then he also has two planets on the fifth house which the fifth house would be more related to having fun and siblings and friends and go out and live your life so the 11th and the so the 11th house is activated and after that a little bit more the fifth house is activated as well into his chart the rest of the planets, so by now we have five planets uh, in specific places, and the rest of the five planets are a bit scattered around. So these houses are also activated, but not as strong as these two houses in his chart. So he is ruled more by humanitarian causes, the public, people in general, like openly um not openly i wanted to say like when i think of the 11th house i think of it as like the community in total and not that much as your personal relationships with each person you're having a relationship with um obviously mark mark zuckerberg is a taurus with ascendant in sagittarius and a moon in scorpio which to me, it's very interesting because I know all of these energies separately. Um, I do have, I'm a Scorpio, so his moon is in Scorpio. I know exactly what that's like. Um, he has a Sagittarius ascendant. My mom is Sagittarius, so I know Sagittarius is very well. And he has um, a son in Taurus, which my brother is a Taurus, so I can also comment on that. So his energy is more of, he likes to, he is a person that will stay more at home. He is a person who will focus more on his um, material possessions. And he would like his house to be nice. He would like to live a luxurious life. Come on, Taurus is all about that. Taurus usually rules the second house. Um, and Taurus is the the sign that you would associate with money, one of the signs that you would associate with money, uh, and materialistic values a lot. So we can see that he does come out, he does come across like that. However, the Ascendant, um, we have talked about Ascendants before, and you know that the Ascendant is actually what you show to the world. In Greece, um, because I live in Greece personally, I have noticed that people have a misconception that 
oh, you are your your sun sign when you're little, and then you transition more into your ascendant as you grow up, and that is not true. Your ascendant is what you show to the world, and your facade. And if people think that you transition more into your ascendant as you grow up, it's more because you're trying to put that facade um, across, and you have, and you're trying to to show something that you're not. Basically, that's what the ascendant does. It shows to the rest of the world something that is not really true about you, but you come across like that. For instance, example: I'm a Scorpio with、uh, an ascendant in Leo. I come across as a very extroverted person. I come across as a very Fun, fun-loving person, and always need to have the attention on me. But I'm not really like that. I'm a very introverted person. I keep my cycle very small, and that is a very Scorpio thing. And I'm also very、um, secretive in a lot of ways. I'm not really open. I will only share what I want to share, even though my ascendant seems that I'm、uh, I'm oversharing and I'm always out there and always happy and always, you know. In the party, so that that is what is happening here as well. He looks like a person that wants to learn. He wants to、uh, be part of this great community. He wants to be a teacher and a student as well. He wants to be、um, understanding about other people's point of views because let's not forget, Sagittarius is the sign of. Occults,、uh, religion. It is a sign of intense learning. It is a sign that loves to travel and learn through its travels. So, Sagittariuses usually love to learn other cultures and want to understand other cultures better. And that's how he comes across. Like maybe to people that are closer to him, and maybe to people that have actually met him up close, he would come more as the person who wants to learn about them and wants to learn about their、um, community and what is going on and how people work in other places of the world. And maybe that has helped him as well in his career, because let's face it, Facebook is a worldwide platform, so he does need to have an understanding, or he. Not an understanding specifically for every country, but he has this understanding of we need to work on integrating different point of views and different ways of life into our platform. He may not be the one who does that. However, he he would be the person who would say, "Hey, you know, in Europe they do things differently than here in the U.S. Let's integrate that. Let's figure out how to do that." And integrate that into our platform, into Facebook. Now his moon is in Scorpio, which means that he keeps his emotion and his his emotions hidden, and he's very secretive about his emotions.、Um, and the other thing I noticed is that his Mars is also in Scorpio, and was retrograde at the time he was born. I will talk more about this later on, but basically, what that means to me is that. He is. He is trying to. Not he's trying to. I'm sorry. He is more secretive with what he's doing. 
he is not very open about he, what he's doing. He's very he has very intense emotions, but will not show them. He is not secretive about his actions. Um, he, sorry, he is secretive about his actions, and he's not very open about the actual reason he's doing what he's doing, because that's the Scorpio energy. Like they're not gonna, Scorpios are not gonna show you all their cards. Scorpios are not gonna go ahead and tell you what they they have planned or what they want to do in the future. Scorpios will, will keep their cards closed and will only reveal what needs and is necessary to be revealed at the time to keep your plans in motion. And that is what this tells me when I look at his chart that his moon, which are his emotions, and his Mars, which is basically the actions that you take um, and how you act, are both in Scorpio. So his emotions and his actions are more hidden, are more closed to the center. And I think I, I made a mistake. Give me a second. Like, no. Yeah, three planets, four planets. No, three planets are in Scorpio. So Scorpio, we have the moon, Mars, and Pluto. Pluto is a generational planet. Most most people around um, that generation, I also have a Scorpio, uh, Pluto in Scorpio. Most of you that listen to this podcast will have Pluto and Scorpio. The newest generation, the generation that came out now, have the Pluto and Sagittarius, actually. Um, but yeah, that that placement changes very, um, not very often. So a lot of people are born with that placement, either Pluto and Scorpio. You will either see people with Pluto and Sagittarius. And in the older generations, um, you will see Pluto in uh, Libra. And that's it. But it is... You will never meet another person with another zodiac sign in Pluto because these are the generations that we are into right now. Now... His Venus is also in Taurus, which tells me that he bases his um, beauty standards a lot into material values. And he is all about showing that he is wealthy, being wealthy. He wants to be wealthy. He wants to to have money. He wants to have this um, good life, let's say. Like his Venus is opposite actually in of Mars so that might cause like a little bit of relationship problems there but he he enjoys the good life he enjoys the good food he's he enjoys the good clothes even though you see him with the same outfit everywhere basically uh he will put this facade of look at me I'm being so rich and I'm I'm sure it's not a facade I'm sure he that this guy's extremely rich like let's not uh fool ourselves here um his mercury's in aries actually which is interesting because that means to me that he comes across like the the way he communicates comes across as very excited excitable um very childish sometimes like he might not be the very the most mature person when he puts words together uh he might be a little bit hot-headed to be completely honest like you might 
not hot-headed necessarily that he gets like super angry, but with Mars and Scorpio, that could be the case. But um, with Mercury and Aries, I'm I'm feeling this um, teenage type of energy in his communication. He's not very mature on how to communicate things in general. We will talk about the aspects and how the planets basically work together. Um, the other planet that is in Scorpio actually in his chart is Saturn. Saturn is in Scorpio. So yeah, four planets. We have the moon, we have Mars, we have Saturn, and we have Pluto. So four planets are in the 11th house, not just, uh, three. Um, but he, Saturn is in Scorpio and we know Saturn is the, um, the teacher, um, the teacher out of difficulties, so that tells me as well that his um, his secretive nature and his hot headedness sometimes might cause him a lot of trouble, and he might need to learn through that. He might need to um, learn how to be more patient. He might need to learn how to be more open. He might need. Um, he might understand in his life that it's not always best to keep your plans hidden because then people will mi misinterpret your plans. And don't get me wrong, I am a Scorpio and you know that I am way I'm an advocate of keeping your plans secret. I've moved to the Netherlands and never said anything to anybody. Like literally my best friend figured it out when I was um, in the airport through my stories like she didn't know I was moving to the Netherlands but that was because I personally didn't want anybody to stop me so you you choose your moments here right you don't just go ahead and keep everything secretive but I feel like Mark Zuckerberg has this energy um with him and he he does have that in his personality that he keeps things hidden now, it is a good time here to pause a little bit from his chart. And let me tell you, I don't do astrology as a way to a divination tool. Let's say I'm not doing astrology to tell you what your future is going to be like. I have tarot cards for that. I don't need astrology for that. Astrology for me is giving me um, a more psychological profile of who you are, how you communicate, how you go about things and where you need to focus in your life, where the focus is in your life. So it's a more self-help tool with self-knowledge and self-understanding. So I am, when I'm doing charts for people, I personally do the charts for them to understand themselves better. I'm not doing it for me to tell him, oh, for the next year, your economical like situation will be good or it's a good year for you to buy a house because these things change all the time first of all and second of all um it's different for everybody like i i haven't really found that astrology is great for that yes energies are more are better sometimes than others but i have figured out that astrology is best for a psychological profile profile that will help you understand the other person uh, and how they think and in extension then you can help them understand themselves better as well if you're doing what I am doing personally which is 
reading charts and saying it to people. So I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to let you guys know because I feel like that's important. I feel like a lot of people think astrology as a divination tool and oh, tell me my future. Um, no, astrology is not here to tell you your future. Astrology is here to help you gain self-awareness and help you understand what is going on in your life. Now, let's talk a little bit about his general um, image of his chart. So he has four positive. The way I'm, I'm counting it is that you get two points for the sun sign, two points for ascendant, and two points for the moon, and one point for each other planet. So he has four points for on his positive polarity and ten points on his negative polarity. That doesn't mean that he's a positive that the person is positive or negative. That means that he's either more introverted or extroverted. In this case, we see that he is more introverted. He will do things more for himself and not so much for the public, even though he has three or four planets into his 11th house, which are a lot. It's like, again, as we said, 11th house is about uh, community. But he is more... Um, introverted and wants to gain more from the community than he actually wants to give in this case. That's what, that's how I see it. He also has two cardinal, um, two points for cardinal signs. So he's not a very assertive person. I wouldn't say that he's the, the most assertive person ever. He has eight fixed, um, so eight points for fixed signs. So he's very stubborn. I'm sorry, you might hear the <laughs> the bikes here um but he, he's very stubborn he's very set to his ways and he he's very mm, he's not mutable at all so he's not gonna be able to change through the times he's more likely to create things uh to go alongside with his point of view and the way he sees things but he is not easily changed by the factors around him. And he has three mutables. So it's more more than he's assertive, more than his cardinal. So he, in some ways, and in some areas, and you could go in his chart and see which are the mutable signs and in which area in his life he's uh, more prone to change. Like if I, if I look here, Sagittarius, which is a mutable sign, uh, his image on the world is more prone to change and is m easily mutable towards other people. And he's, uh, he's Uranus. So Uranus would be he, his hopes, um, he, his goals in a way. It would be more mutable. His goals change a little bit more. And then we have the elements of his chart. He has zero air. Like, I have to point this out. Air is something that he has to work on. So that means that he is not, as I said, he's not changeable because air is very changeable. Uh, and he's not intellectual. Like, that was a shock for me because air signs are the, the signs that have a sharp mind they are very good at learning things they're very good at understanding things they're very good at 
looking into situations and he has none of that. So he needs to to be more intellectual for himself because he doesn't seem intellectual at all. Yeah, you would tell me, but Teresa, he was in like Harvard or what, what I think he was in Harvard, wasn't he? Like he was in a great university. Uh, but Teresa, he was in a in a university and yeah, he dropped out, but he still went in and he, he was able to do it. Yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't really say anything because he might be able to with his Sagittarius placements as well. He might be able to succeed into his goals and sit down and read, but he doesn't have critical thinking. He doesn't have um, a way of mind that is basically beneficial. He doesn't have that. He, I, I don't see at all any critical thinking into his his chart, which is weird. He has four fire signs, um, which gives him a bit of an assertiveness and then his earth signs and water signs are balanced so he has five at each so he is more earth water he's more a bit mud like earth and water what do they do they give you mud uh so he is more that stable kind of character with an emotional background so he would be you would think you would walk on a solid ground with him but he would take you down because it's not hard rock, it's mud. So he, you would make a step and then he would react in a way that it would shock you that he is that emotional or he reacts that emotionally about something. And most of his water signs, I think, not most of them, but they're only in Scorpio. Like all of the water signs he has are only in Scorpio, whereas... He has uh, a lot of Taurus as well and a lot of Capricorn in the Earth signs. So Scorpio, again, is very intense, very strong for uh, a water sign. That's why also a lot of people think that Scorpios are fire signs when we're not. So he has a lot of intensity when it comes to his emotions and how he expresses them. However, he is also very stable in the manner that he is going through his life. He's not very mutable or changeable. He is very much goal-oriented as a person. Because as well, Capricorn tells us that he's very detail-oriented and he's very goal-oriented. And Capricorns are the builders of the zodiac sign. What I mean by that is that... I've, I've said that to a video that I was doing back in the day on YouTube. I don't do YouTube anymore, but you get the point. I said that to a video once, and it helped me understand Capricorns so much better. Um, basically, Sagittarius comes in and gives you the ideas of the universe, and they they help you gain a better knowledge and have more ideas and more obstruct, uh, obstruct ideas about what needs to be done in uh, general. However, Capricorn comes in and with his detail, detailed mind, he clears things out and um, sees what can be actually achieved and what can be actually done and they go ahead and build it. So they take the ideas from Sagittarius season and see if they can implement them and actually build and work towards them in Capricorn season. And we're we're almost at Sagittarius season. So it is about 
around this time that we're going to have this um, <laughs> this looking into new ideas and how we can change our lives and what we can do about it. Now, we have to... Another thing I want to say here is that we did have very recently the lunar eclipse on Taurus. And this lunar eclipse have actually triggered a lot of lunar eclipses that will happen, I think, until 2023 in Scorpio and in Taurus. So lunar eclipses will only happen around those times. Either it's going to be when the full moon is in Scorpio or when the full moon is in Taurus, which they're the two opposites, right? Like they are the yin and yang of the zodiac Taurus and Scorpio. They're both very stable. They're fixed signs, obviously, but it indicates as well a time of change, of intense transformation. Um, Scorpio uh, is for intense transformation, and Taurus is about building this this change into your life. So we went through um, a full moon in Taurus with a lunar eclipse that we had to complete the cycle of abuse, whatever that was. Or whatever that is for you, abuse in your body, most probably, like whatever when wherever you abuse yourself. Um, we had to end this cycle, and it's very fitting for me that I'm talking about a Taurus with a Scorpio moon, while we had this intense lunar um, eclipse in Taurus and the full moon in Taurus. And I think that concludes like a, a general idea of his chart. So. If we, if we try to sum it up, it's basically that he is a very stubborn person. He's not very clever. He, he doesn't have, like, the wits, but he has um, a very detail-oriented mind, and he's very goal-oriented. He wants to be rich. We know that. And you would say, like, oh, who doesn't? There are people like myself or other people that I've met, my brother, whoever, that they don't care about being rich. They just want to be comfortable living their life. This guy wants to be rich. This guy wants to have money. So he puts his detail-oriented mind and creates some more, <laughs> um, a better life for himself, which he has. Like, let's face it. Like, we can see that already. Um, and generally, he is, he's not very assertive as a person. He is very stubborn. He is going to change the world and to, to comply with his point of views. And that concludes his general chart. And that was just the general, general information. And at the bottom here, I also have not very intellectual person. Um, and he's very stubborn, which is like what came to my mind when I was looking his chart and when I finished writing down like his positive negative um, polarities, his cardinal fixed signs and the elements, I, I, I said to myself, oh my God, he's not very clever, but he is very stubborn. So he can, that, that makes people achieve things. Like you have to understand that being stubborn makes you, and being stubborn on, and also detail oriented makes you be able to achieve things and he has achieved things in his life which is just not very clever mm. and he's he's success another point that i have here another note is that his success comes out 
of luck. Oops, sorry. That was my nail. His success comes out of luck. So he, he has just been very lucky with his life. When I wrote this, I know exactly what I was thinking. If you have watched um, the Facebook movie, I can't remember if it's called Facebook now or can't remember exactly how, is it, how it's called. When I saw this movie, I was like, oh my God, he stole the idea from other people. He just built it and he, he made it his own. But he stole the idea. It wasn't really his. And that's what came to my mind when I was writing this, that he was just lucky. Like, things in his life came in such a way that he was able to build on other people's ideas. And he just had the guts and the stubbornness and the, the detailed mind to go about them. It's not that he's the clever one. It's not that he came out for the ideas. Oh, well, you know, like what they say. It's it's basically not what they say, but you know how life works. It's not about who has the idea. It's about who actually takes action into it. And he took action. Now, as I mentioned before, he has the finger of God that suggests there is um, a compulsive debt repayment associated with his subconscious fears and his unconscious mind. Um, Neptune and Pluto work together in this case uh, towards Chiron. So Pluto would be the, the intense planet of regeneration and rebirth, uh, death and rebirth and all that kind of good stuff um, that Scorpio is as well. Uh, Neptune is the, the planet of hopes and dreams. And more of the spiritual type of planet. So it's more connected to your soul. Uh, and they work towards his wounded healer. Uh, he, his Chiron is in Gemini. So basically that tells me that he needs to learn how to be more intellectual and more mutable in his life. He has the need and it would benefit him. If he was able to learn how to be more intellectual, if he uh, if if he learned how to be more adaptable in situations, if he learned how to be more mutable in his own life in general, so he's he's intense work and his dreams and his his spiritual self will work towards being more. Um, Mutable, and that's and that, that's what will bring me to my next point, and that's why I wanted to make this podcast and talk about the metaverse because he's the one right now who brings this intense change in the way we we're gonna communicate, in the way we're gonna work, in the way we're gonna play, and we're gonna talk about bullet points that I have set out later on this podcast, and talk about the good things and the bad things and then I would like to, for you to tell me what you think because I'm only here to pass on the information and at the end of the day what you're going to do with that information is completely up to you. I, I don't have any say into what you believe about Mark or what you believe about this metaverse thing. Um, now what else? Oh I wanted to talk about um, the planets that were retrograde when he was born. I will talk about mostly Mars, but 
Mars wasn't the only planet retrograding in his chart during his birth. Like most of his planets were retrograding when he was born. And retrograde planets are usually making the affair, affairs of these planets a little bit more difficult. Um, and they make you work harder. Uh, and they bring out, sometimes they bring out negative aspects of um, of those those planets. So basically Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto were all retrograde. Um, when he was born. So <laughs> these are all... Okay, his action planet is in retrograde and all of his generational planets were in retrograde the moment he was born. All of them. Which to me, it indicates that he's going against his generation. He's going against his flow. Um, and this... The, this peaceful flow that we have all built here and try to to build for ourselves if you think about it you would say like oh but he created facebook he is a staple of our generation and i will tell you that yeah that is what i'm talking about because our generation and around 2012 and later we had a mass mass awakening and we're still having a lot of people waking up to the truth and we still have a lot of people seeking out the truth whatever that may be because the truth depends on who you're talking to it's not like there is no one universal truth but trying to understand people's perspectives will help you understand other point of views so what I'm thinking here and what I see here is that he goes against that. He is not a very spiritual person. He does not, he's not one of these people who are really awakened. He, even if he is, he's not awakened for good. Even if he knows about the soul and about meditating and about connecting to other dimensions, he is not in alignment and he's not here to help us out because of all of his generational planets being in retrograde and that is what i was talking about before because he's very stubborn he will make us all go towards what he believes is right whereas we know that this is not the correct way meaning that he is trying to create basically his own dimension here with the metaverse thing and we know that there are multiple dimensions that you could go into spiritually. Metaverse is, is and shouldn't be one of them. But I'm digressing here. Because I wanted to talk a little bit more about Mars being retrograde. Um, keep in mind that only 9% of the population on the planet have um, Mars retrograde in their chart. So if you have Mars retrograde in your chart, just know that you are one of the very few percentages of people that have that um, aspect. Um, only 9%. That is, that is less than 10%. So let's talk about like, what, 100 people? 10, 10 out of 100 people will have that. And that... Um, 
not even 10, 9 out of 100 people will have that aspect. Now, let's not forget that his Mars is in Scorpio, and Mars retrograding would affect him differently, meaning that if you have Mars retrograde in another sign, let's say Leo, you will act differently than what Mark will act. However, Mars retrograde in a chart generally means that he looks friendly and he looks nice, but he's not. And you should really be afraid of that. Like, he looks like the nice guy. He looks like this nice person that you can trust. But believe me, he's not. Like, Mars retrograde is more like he will not do what he shows you that he will do. And especially in Scorpio that we said that he's very secretive about he his um, actions. Believe me, you don't know what he is in his mind. He will not tell you. You shouldn't trust people with Mars in retrograde in the moment they were born because they might seem nice and friendly, but they're not really. So keep that in mind. He can be aggressive, but because it's in Scorpio specifically... Uh, his aggression goes more is more internalized um, than it would be in any other sign. So he he does get aggressive, but with himself mostly, if that makes any sense. Um, he internalizes it, uh, and He, because also he's Mars is in Scorpio and because also he's um, he's Mars is in retrograde, he finds it better to work from home. So that was one thing that I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I Keep in mind that I'm keeping my notes and I'm telling you things from books I've read, from different resources. I'm just compiling information. I personally critically take things out and put things in depending on who I'm talking about or what chart I'm reading but I do have guidelines from other books and other resources and not just one many of them so when I read this that oh Mars and retrograde people tend to work more from home and they tend to appreciate or want to work more from home for me it made so much sense with Mark because it was like hmm he does actually work on his own and he started from like a basement or something and he is the person that basically made the work from home, you know, implement into our lives. COVID did that, but he had that already. He would work from home. He enjoys more working from home. He is also an entrepreneur he has his own company, so he doesn't have to go to the office if he doesn't want to. So it made very much sense to me. So that's why I put it here. Um, or that's also another thing that I wanted to note here. It is work from home or working from his own grounds. So having a company of his own also makes sense because it's his offices. If that makes sense. It's his office. He created it. He is working from his own ground, right? Um, he likes to, he likes a chill routine. So Mars with being retrograde 
um, tells us that he likes things more chill. He doesn't like things very intensely. He doesn't like to be stressed. He doesn't like to be forced to do things. He will do things at his own pace and at his own time. Um, and that he basically has that... Uh, don't pressure me kind of attitude and with Scorpio there I, I find that very very <laughs> um accurate because Scorpios would be more of the don't pressure me I, I, I'm gonna do things in my own time so give me space here okay um he runs away from his responsibilities most probably um very stubborn and can be very selfish and when I was writing this down, what came into my mind was the fact that he had this whole um, court thing like a few years back about data and privacy and personal data and where those things go. So he, he was taking our data and he was um, destroying distributing our data for long before this court happened and I remember watching into the court back then and the kind of energy I got from him is that I want to get away with the less penalty as I can I don't really want to fix the situation so that is why I say that this can come out in his chart as a little bit of selfish and a little bit of running away from his own responsibilities. So he didn't, in, in this court that I was looking, he didn't really, I was watching, sorry. He didn't really take responsibility for his own actions. He just, he was like, okay, what can I do now just to, to get you off my back kind of thing. And I understand that a lot of people would say, well, yeah, that's what you do in court and blah, blah, blah. No, no, you don't do that in court. You... A normal person would take responsibility for their actions and then try to pay the the fee or the price for what they did. That is taking responsibility, not trying to be charged with as less uh, as possible to then be able to no, no. So you can then be able to continue doing things. I wanted to say, but no, that's not responsible. That is selfish. Um, and another thing that Mars retrograde actually tells me personally is that he only fights for his own honor. Uh, he doesn't really want to fight for anybody else. Uh, that also, that is also something that if we look into the story of Facebook shows up, like he doesn't care about anybody else. He cares about his own honor and his own, if he is going to win. Um, he might be obsessive also because his Mars is in Scorpio. So he, that might make him a little bit obsessive, um, and ready to fight at any time for his own benefit. He's not here and he's not going to fight for anybody else other than himself. And that is what his chart indicated to me a lot. And this Mars in retrograde, Mars and Scorpio kind of duo, it's it's not very fun to see. Mars and Scorpio is in a good position, is in a position of power. 
But Mars in, in Scorpio is intense and hard as it is without it being retrograde. So it being retrograde, mm, it's not a very fun energy to, to look into. And that's why I wanted to talk more about the Mars in retrograde in Scorpio specifically compared to the uh, to the rest of the planets because if I sit here and do an analysis on all the generational planets it's going to take forever first of all and second of all like we need to look into the generational planets as a whole so all his generational planets are in retrograde so that means that he goes against our generation he goes against of his generation as well he will create his own path which he already has now i also wanted to talk about lilith here because lilith for me is um a planet i look into a lot when i um look into charts because lilith is your shadow work lilith is where you need to work at lilith is the planet that will tell you what your um your shadow is that's that's the the right word so his lilith is in pisces in the third house so that tells me that makes him feel um suffocated uh by his family or school or neighbors and it made sense to me because he left school, he left university, he never finished. So he felt suffocated. He felt like that wasn't for him. He felt like everything was closing in on him kind of feeling. Um, and I don't think he feels comfortable around people. He, he might. Um, he also might not talk to um, specific family members or, in general, into his family. He might not be very close with his family. And I don't ever, ever think uh, I have seen anything about his family anywhere. Like I don't think I know what him his mom looks like or his dad. So he might have um, a situation there that he doesn't talk to his family anymore or. He is estranged with one or more family members. That's what Lilith causes you. So he might need to work on that and he might need to work on how he can fix his family relationships. Uh, he's a rebel also. Like he's a rebel, but uh, mostly with words. Like he's not going to take actions. He's not going to be the rebel that will go into the streets and protest for his rights he's going to be the rebel that he's only going to talk the people that you just see and rebel against ideas but they don't really take actions into it that that type of rebel that's what i see and that's how i see it uh with lily and lilith and pisces in the third house um he might also rebel because Come on, it's in Pisces. He might also rebels by running away. So never finishing, like, the university is one of the things that comes to mind. Um, that he rebelled by running away, not ending things, not completing things. Like, he didn't like something, he just run away. Which is not very hmm, stable <laughs> of him. Uh, or... He, he might also abuse substances um, if he wants to rebel. 
But that is a general information. It's not about specifically Mark. I feel like Mark has more of the coping mechanism of running away than actually using substances, but I'm not into his everyday life, so I don't know. So he, as I mentioned before, because also his Mars and Venus are in opposition, he doesn't have a lot of luck in love. Uh, he might be looking for a very pretty, wealthy woman, but um, his Scorpio retrograding Mars might um, might make those women run away, <laughs> or generally, like his male energy is in opposition with the female that he's looking at. Uh, emotionally, he's emotionally different, but his emotions do not really align with who he seemed to be. It's what I was talking before as well. And these are like these bullet points I'm reading right now are more of um, uh, the aspects that I saw in his chart. So because his sun and his moon are in opposition, so his sun is in Taurus, but his moon is in Scorpio. That means that his emotions and who he actually is are not aligned. So he might seem um, and he might come across as very stable, very normal person, very whatever. But because his moon is in Scorpio, he's very emotionally intense that he might not show it. And he might not let you know what his emotions are. He might not let you in uh, to who actually Mark is, right? So that's another thing I wanted to po point out that also points out to the fact that Mark is not who he seems to be. Like, Mark is really not the person you would trust. Um, Mark is a person you would basically want to run away from because you really don't know what you will get with him. Um, he needs to also learn to communicate better. Uh, he will have to reinvent his communication style at some point because, uh, as I said, that his Mars isn't his Mercury, sorry, is in Aries, so he doesn't really know how to communicate very well. And if I go and look into his chart, do I have it? Do I still have it open? No. Uh, no, I don't have it open. But I can open it up right now. Uh, but yeah, like his communication is in Aries. And I remember I was looking at his chart and some aspects were with Pluto, I think. Ah, give me a moment. I need to find this to actually read it for you. Because it's interesting. Uh, and of course, those notes, I made them in mind that I will have his chart open, but I am me and I forgot to open up his chart. So, his communication, which is Mercury. Oh, yeah. It's because Mercury is in opposition with Pluto in his chart. So, basically, his communication style will need to basically die and get reinvented. And he will need to to learn how to be more strong communication-wise because his Pluto, Pluto, death, rebirth, getting stronger out of difficulties and all that kind of stuff. Because he will 
face a lot of difficulties with the way he's communicating and that will make him come out stronger and stronger each time. Uh, what else do I have I have written here? And I, oh yeah, he will learn a lot from others uh, that will assist him to reinvent his image. So I was seeing here that Jupiter is in is in a square with, sorry, not square, uh, is in trine with his Saturn. So he will learn from other people a lot. He will have difficulties communicating with other people, so he will have to learn from other people. And because his Jupiter is in, um, in a sextile with his son, that means that he will use that knowledge towards himself. He will use that knowledge. I said that oppositely, didn't I? Yeah. Jupiter is in trine with his son and uh, in sixth style with his Saturn. These are positive. These two are positive aspects. So that's all you need to take out of this. But basically, it tells me that he will have to learn to, re to recommunicate and reinvent himself in a way uh, and he will use that knowledge and this, all this knowledge that he will get out of difficult communications and use it against himself and use it against, not against, not against himself, sorry, use it to his benefit to reinvent who he is and, you know, look better to other people. Now... His dreams and goals in life will get shattered um, just so they can be reinvented and be communicated better. And I'm, I'm seeing this with the Neptune sextile with, um, with Pluto and then Neptune trining again his Mercury, which that tells me that his hopes and dreams will basically get shattered, will get destroyed at some point. But because Pluto is the the sign, the, the planet of rebirth and the planet of coming out stronger, he will reinvent himself and he will be able to communicate better his wants, needs, and he will learn in the future to communicate better. These are lessons that he has to learn into his life. As I told you before, he's not really good at communication. He's not very intellectual. He needs to be, he needs to learn how to be more intellectual in his life. And he, because he's, um, Mercury is an Aries, which is a very childlike way of communicating things, he will have to reinvent himself to to basically fit in with the elite, the elites and the billionaires and all of these cycles um, and all of that, sorry, billionaire cycle that they have over there. They will have to teach Mark how to communicate in order to fit in with the billionaires. That's the, I think also that's the reason why when I'm thinking about billionaires, I don't think about um, Mark Zuckerberg because you don't see him like that. He, to me, when I see him, the energy that I get from him is like, oh, he's a big teenager and that's it, um, which is weird. And that brings me like, oh, my God, we took an hour to talk about Mark Zuckerberg's chart. And I'm going to take um, a small break 
And I will be right back so we can talk about the metaverse and how that affects us, and how that actually aligns with his chart, and what we should expect about the metaverse, and why I think that it can be. I personally think.、Um, I'll not tell you what I think though. You will. You'll find out. But I want to talk about my thoughts about this new way of doing things and this metaverse. So I'm gonna drink some water. Go ahead and drink some water as well, and I'll be right with you. And I'm back after this much-needed break. Oh my god, I, I've been talking for an hour straight, so I just needed like five minutes to chill, not talk.、Um, I can I can talk for hours to myself, but honestly, just to get trying to get my point across <laughs> sometimes、um, is a little bit of mumbling for me. So I'm trying to to organize my thoughts. That's why I have notes and talking for an hour、uh, is hard enough on its own. Like even when I talk to myself, I take breaks.、Um, but let's go into the metaverse and what I think. Like、uh, Mark Zuckerberg、uh, announced the metaverse at the end of October. I don't think I know. I, I I'm not. Entirely sure about what day it was. I think it was on the twenty eighth.、Um, at least that's when I saw it, because、uh, I saw it like the moment that it came out.、Um, I'm in, I'm in a group from my work, and because we work with technology, like people just posted it there, and I saw it within an hour. That when he uploaded, when he posted about this, I saw his long post about it, and the first thing that came into my mind is like, oh my god. We're going into the Matrix.、Um, my first thought was, "Oh my God, we're we're getting away from this reality that we live, and we're going into a virtual reality." And if you if you are a spiritual person, you might have the idea, or you might know that this three D physical dimension, this physical reality that we're all living in. It's just、um, a holographic universe. Like it's just an expression of the universe. It's just the expression of. It's just a dimension、uh, that you can feel, hear, think, see things in three D. Other than that, we are spiritual beings, and there are different universes. There are different dimensions that we don't have that ability. So, if you see it from a spiritual point of view, it's this life, this reality is basically like being a VR. But you chose this as a spirit, as a soul, to come here. So when the metaverse was announced, I was like, "Oh my God, we're gonna have a 3D universe into this 3D universe, but it's not even gonna be real. Like, what the hell is going on?" So I sat today and I watched a lot about the metaverse and what Mark Zuckerberg specifically has put out about the metaverse and his whole team that they were talking about and everything.、Uh, and I have written down some points which, as as I was listening along, I wrote down some specific things that I want to talk about.、Uh, he said that he needs to reinvent. Facebook to metaverse, so he is reinventing this whole company, this whole Facebook thing, 
into metaverse. So I'm guessing from what he's saying that I don't know how they're going to work together, but I'm guessing that at some point there is not going to be Facebook anymore. There's only going to be metaverse. And that is actually one of the reasons why I'm thinking very, very intensely about closing my Facebook account at the moment. Yeah, I'm thinking about keeping my Instagram account for promotions and for friends, but I don't need, I don't use Facebook anymore. Facebook for me is just a place I go to to see memes about the shows I'm watching or something. Other than that, I don't use Facebook. Like the last year, I think there there have been days at end that I have not even accessed Facebook. And Facebook only also allows me to basically see the um the birthdays of my friends and that's it nothing else nothing else it, i don't get anything else out of this platform so i'm thinking about closing it uh so he will reinvent facebook into metaverse that's what he said uh metaverse will be a hologram reality and everything will basically go into a hologram reality we're not going to have we're not going to ha- have this 3D reality that we're watching right now and we're able to interact. We're going to do everything within the hologram, which I don't know about you guys, but this sounds so much like The Matrix for me. Like if if you haven't watched The Matrix, please go ahead and watch that movie, all the three movies of them. I'm waiting for the new, the fourth movie that will come out now. I'm really curious to see um what um they have come up with this time however that's what i'm thinking when i'm thinking of the the metaverse like i'm thinking about the matrix um they were saying that you're gonna work from the metaverse so working in the metaverse you're gonna be alone and you're gonna have the illusion of being part of a community and you're going to have the illusion of working in office and the way they said that it was because a lot of people are working from home now and and that is going to continue to be the norm for the years to come and um, because we understand that you're missing your colleagues and you don't have this personal communication anymore it will basically give you the experience of working from the office and having your colleagues around you but if you really think about it this is just an illusion like your colleagues are not going to be there your colleagues are going to be in their own homes uh and you're all going to connect into a virtual reality thing and this holographic reality which is not even real like if i want to do that i'm sorry but if i want to do that I can do that from my home right now. I can video chat with my colleagues and I will see the real faces, not just a hologram in a virtual reality. I don't need to go and be in VR to see my colleagues. I can do that from a video call. So they just want to create this illusion of community through the metaverse, which to me sounds very dangerous. Um, They also said that it will be good for the environment as nothing will be basically real 
basically that's what they said. Like it will be good for the environment because you won't have to drive to work because you don't you won't have to have、um, copies of paper and this is insane to me. Like really, who who thinks about this? I'm not even kidding, and I am a very I, I have the environment in a very high. Conscious thought in my mind, and I'm thinking about the environment a lot. However, I'm working from home right now. I don't have to take my car to go to my office. I don't have to go out of my house with my car if I don't have to like grocery shop or do things like that. So, what will this change? The universe, the, the environmental impact will basically be the same. The metaverse won't be able to to provide me groceries, can it? The metaverse won't be able to provide me like actual physical stuff that I might need to go and buy for my house, if I need them. It's only gonna provide me like work and play and communication. So we we already do that through our devices every day. So what is the environmental impact, Mark, that you're talking about? Because it says that it's gonna be better for the environment, but. We are already working from home. We're already communicating from home. The people who are working from their offices, they're going to continue working from their offices. That's not going to change. Like people that work in warehouses and stuff like that. So, what are you talking about? The people who work from home already don't have that much of an environmental impact. Working from home as it is, yeah, you might not have your colleagues around you, but you have your friends. You can go. You can go meet up with your friends and have a human connection like that, and you can do that. For most people, you can do that by walking to your friend's house, not really taking the car. And again, depends on where you live and where your friends live and all that kind of stuff. But when I heard that, I was like, "This is just BS." I'm not even kidding. This is BS. Environmental impact, my a. Because honestly. The environmental impact that we're having is much less now that we're working from home, and that will not change. Meaning, when I say that will not change, if things continue to be the way they are right now, and if people continue to work from home, either working from home or working from the metaverse, it's not going to create any difference. It's going to be exactly the same thing. So why would I choose to work from a VR platform? Uh, why would I choose to work in a hologram than actually working from my my working from where I am, from my home, from my laptop, from you know my device? My device is helpful to me. My devices have、um, <laughs> worked for me very well over the years, so I don't see a reason why we need to change that and how that will impact. The environment, like, will have a less environmental impact than what I'm doing right now. I don't get it. Like, honestly, I don't.、Uh, so that for me was a whole bunch of BS, just to try to get you more into this whole metaverse idea that oh, it's gonna have、um, a less environmental impact. Oh, come on, really? You really believe that? Anyway, let's move on to、uh, my next point because this really. Really pushed my buttons when I heard it.、Um, so let's move on. He also said、um, 
that they're going to create a realistic presence. Um, and realistic presence is the key to feeling connected. Not actually being connected, but having the feeling that you are connected. It's exactly what we're seeing now with social media. Everybody thinks that we're friends in social media. People feel like uh, their followers or their their friends on Facebook are their real friends, but in reality, they're not. You only you only have a small group of people that are your friends. So already, social media have created this false reality of all of us being connected and with a click of a button. And yes, I'm not going to dispute the fact that. Technology has impacted greatly, especially during COVID times, uh, our reality and our communication. Like if you're living in a different country than your parents or if you're living in a different state, if you're in the U.S. than your parents, you can contact them. You can talk to them in real time. You can have a connection. You can have a conversation. But that is not the same as you being in the same room with the people you love. This is not the same thing as actually feeling connected with somebody. You get to know their news. You get to understand their situation. And I don't get me wrong. I do believe in virtual friendships. However, a lot of you who had virtual friendships, you you can um, testify that. Sometimes you will meet somebody in real life and then you will have a totally different feeling about them than when you you were talking on online so when they said that uh the realistic presence is the key for feeling connected like feeling for me is the key word here you're not going to actually have a connection with whoever you're talking to this is going to make people more and more egoistic and more and more self-centered That's what I feel like. It's not going to actually create connections because when you when you know that this is a hologram, when you know that this is not a real person you're talking to in real life, yes, there might be a real person behind that, but then you can close your VR, you can close your whatever you're using to access that metaverse. And you can forget about those people because you are alone in your room. So the impact of communication, the the impact that this will have in our communications will be very intense, meaning that people will come more and more narcissistic, more and more egoistic. They will not have genuine connections. They will not, people like me that are empaths and can read people in a room, you won't have a need for that because you're going to be alone in a room, in your room, like nothing else. Um, now the next thing that he talked about is that, uh, the push, they pushed the VR to be the new reality. Um, the, and when I, I, when I heard that, because they, they basically said that they, they are pushing this virtual reality to be the new reality. And when I heard that, I thought instantly about the matrix, like machines have us hooked up just for our energy, in this case, just for our money, because money is tool, is a tool, and money moves the world at the moment. So they will have us plugged in into this virtual reality just for the money, nothing else. And 
they, they were talking about costs and how they're trying to make it very affordable for people because it's not going to be affordable at first, but they're trying to make it affordable. Um, but really, are we already in the matrix? Do we really have to worry about taking the blue pill or taking the red pill? Like, what is going on here? Um, and they, they talked about how they will have sensors to be able to send you to the VR reality in a way that the sensors will um, sense your face and your beard and your glasses and everything, and they will translate it into that this virtual reality. And from listening into the video and listening into more and more about this, uh, and this is their personal one-hour video that they created about this whole metaverse. I watched the short version, which is, I think, 20 minutes, and then they had like an hour-long version that they talked into points uh, specifically with different people that are into creating those type of um, aspects of the metaverse. And they were t saying that you will basically, they will translate, they will have sensors on you to translate all of your physical features into the metaverse. And the way they said things afterwards was like, you're going to be able to feel and sense and and smell and all these kind of crap. I'm sorry to say that, but it makes me so mad because they're trying to to create this false reality and try to pass it on as something that is going to be beneficial to us. The, they are using all the positive languages that personally I learn in my work. I'm, I work as a tech support agent, so I have to learn about positive language and how to present bad news in a good way. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Like, if you don't understand that, like, I am telling you right now, that's what they're doing. They're trying to, to pass negative information, the information that you as a physical person will have no value and your life in the VR is going to be your new life as a positive thing. Are you kidding me? Like, if you said that to people 20 years ago, back into the early 2000s, they would be mad and they would basically boycott you for this. But now we're thinking it's normal for that to happen? Like, I don't understand that. I don't want to understand it, to be completely honest with you. I don't want to live it. Like, I do not want to go into this virtual reality. I love my life the way it is. I love waking up and smelling the roses. I love going out and feeling the cold air on my skin. I love it. And that's also one of the reasons, after watching and researching this all morning, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to come out to have this podcast because I needed this connection with this real world and not this VR connected to the internet and connected to a hologram reality that they're going to pass, that they want to pass to us as a positive thing and that is going to have environmental impact. What? No, no, thank you. You can keep your matrix. I don't want it. And they all, we're also talking about glasses that you're gonna, they're going to alter your reality. And that reality basically, I think they mentioned this completely, that reality is the thing of the past. And that you're going to be able to put those glasses on and have 3D um, street art that will take you, like you can look into it in 3D. I don't care about that kind of stuff. But yeah, like... 
we had talks and talks about glasses, Google glasses and all that kind of stuff that you will be able to get information from within the reality. But we're not even like we're taking it a step further here. We're not even talking about having information on those kind of things. We're talking about having 3D street art. Why? So you will think that something is there, but it's not going to be really there. It's like, you know, the, the Pokemon game, the Pokemon Go game that became a sensation back in 2016, 2017 when it came out. Um, it would be like basically you playing Pokemon Go and actually seeing the Pokemons in front of you with those glasses. And even though it sounds cool, and this is not like th this is not as imp impactful as the virtual reality and the holographic reality itself it's still something that i don't think we need in our lives i believe that yeah glasses that will give you information is a little bit better because it's informative like you can see like this person is that person this, let's say, I'm looking at plants right now, right now in front of me. This plant is, let's say, rosemary, and these are the properties, or this plant is um, poisonous, so don't touch it. That's going to be help helpful. And glasses for that, I would totally go ahead with it. But I don't want anything to, to alter my physical reality and the way I see things. And it, it kind of gives me the feeling that people who hate their life will be more drawn into this metaverse reality. People that hate their lives and they hate the, the, the way that they feel in this reality, they would basically go into this holographic and virtual reality just to get away. Just exactly as they do with recreational drugs or how they do with gaming. Like people that have a lot of mental illnesses mental illnesses not really but disorders like um depression a lot of people play video games because they and i'm i'm a gamer i used to be a, a fanatic gamer and i know it because i used to have severe depression and now that i don't have severe depression anymore and i love my life um i don't i don't play games anymore that much because you can spend hours in that virtual reality and forget to actually live which is what this vr thing is um making me think like that you are going to spend so much time in that virtual reality and into that hologram that you will forget what real life is and this is going to be very very dangerous for people that are more prone to have addictive personalities. We're already addicted to our phones. We're already addicted to social media. And you can see that. Like, take a person that... Take the phone out of a person that is all the time on social media and they will have a withdrawal, withdrawal symptoms. And we know that. So this is going to take things to the next level, basically. And this is very, very scary. And it's scary to me that people are okay with that, but they're not okay with psycho psychedelic drugs, for instance. <laughs> because this is a drug. Like, I see this as a drug. Anyway, this is my idea and my, my point of view. Uh, let's go quickly through my next points and we can have a discussion at the end and my final thoughts. 
Um, they are saying um, one one good thing and bad thing at the same time is that they are paying for young people to study about creating a VR world and the VR experience, which is good because you're paying people to go through their colleges and the, their education and everything, and they will help out with that. Um, however, it's just paying out people that basically are going to come and work for you at the end of the day. Um, even though it's very good that they are being um, proactive about people's education, I truly think that it would be best if they provided, let's say, some intuitions, some intuitions, some tuitions, sorry, or they paid for the tuitions of some people in general, like technology fields, not just if you want to go into creating VRs, let's say. Well, you will tell me that, Teresa, a lot of companies do that already. Like if you want to become a pilot, the airlines would pay for your licenses and then you basically pay them out of your your salary um, and so on and so forth. But airlines and airplanes are different. <laughs> they're not a virtual reality that they're going to... They're trying to push their agenda here because this is an agenda for me. They want to create everything into um, a virtual reality, a hologram, and nothing else. They want to everything. They want you to be twenty four hours plugged in um, to this hologram. Which if, I don't know how many of you have watched uh, watched the Sword Art Online. It's an anime that basically you would go into, you would put in your headset and it would transform you and take you into a video game and you would feel and be like you are in the video game, like, etc, etc. And that's exactly what it reminds me of. Um, it, it is a project though for the long run. So they, they were saying that this project is going to start now and it's going to end in like 20 years. It's going to be completed. So in the next years, we're going to have, we, we're, we're going to see a lot of changes. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that by raising awareness about this matter, uh, we will actually prevent this in a way, or we are going to shy away from it in a way. I hope this is, this is my hope because, um, they're fully committed to this. They they are fully committed into creating this holographic reality in this 3D world. Um, and this positive 3D learning. So that is... That is one of the positives when I was looking at the... At the whole video that they they put out. Is that they're going to help people with studying and learning things. And you will be able to go into the the, the VR and the metaverse. And uh, this holographic universe. And you will be able to experience things. Like let's say if you're. Their example was that if you want to become an astrophysicist. You will be able to, to bring close your, the planets. And you looking into the planets. And seeing how they work and how they move and have a better understanding about subjects. Or if you want to become 
if you want to study like earth sciences, you will be able to go into documentaries and experience the documentary and not just watch it, which I think is really good. And like a lot of people learn from experiences and you being able to go and have that experience without actually putting yourself in danger is very, very important. I think that is the only positive thing out of the whole video that I've heard that I was like, okay, I can, I can get behind this idea. Um, but other than that, like, I wouldn't use this for my everyday life, let's say. Um, they also mentioned that basically you will work, play, and communicate through the metaverse. And I don't know about you guys, but this is 80% of your life. You work, you work, you you play, and you communicate. And then the other 20 to 10% is you going outside and buying groceries for yourself and doing like other reality experiences like surveying or not even like not even surfing. Surfing would be in the VR. You would be able to do all of this in the VR, which is insane to me. Um, and my last point here is you will feel in the metaverse because they were talking about they have Ash, Asha Akira, I think it's her her name. is She's an influencer, a beauty influencer that, um, first of all, the first thing I noticed is that she's black. And all of the video was around and surrounded by white people. And there was an Asian guy, I think, in the whole project, but no black people. And I felt like, to me, it felt like they tried to bring this influencer in just to make it more um, more friendly for the users and make it, you know, people saying that, oh, this influencer is behind this and she's totally into this, so let's do it ourselves. And they chose the black woman to do that because she's a minority. And we have to understand as well that right now um, these the Black Lives Matter, the Black Rights Movements, and all of the things that we're experiencing right now have made us more um, inclusive with people. So I feel like they, they only need ha felt the need to add her, first of all, for the influencer's um, point of view and side because everybody is watching into influencers and watching influencers in our days. It's the new famous people, right? So they brought her in and they brought a woman of color because they wanted to create that empathy. Like, oh, she cannot be wrong. She's a woman of color. Like, And of course, we don't have any other person that is black in this video. So... Let's bring up the, the black woman to basically uh, promote this for us. We're going to win more people like that, which I feel like a lot of people can see through this. I totally feel like that. Um, and I hope you do. And I'm sorry if um, you thought I, I was being racist or anything. No, I'm not. I just felt it was very weird that... Um, they don't have a single black person in this whole video and just the influencer that they brought in is black to, to basically promote this 
way of life and this lifestyle. And, oh, you will be able to feel my... They were talking like that's what I didn't understand exactly. They were talking about she was saying that, oh, in my uh, offices, I have every room that smells differently and they have a different scent and a different smell. And now you will be able to do that from the metaverse. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? Are we going to be able to smell things in the matrix? Like, what, are you going to put sensors into our nervous system to be able to trigger that sensation? What, what is happening here? What is this about? Anyway, like, I'm getting way over my head here. But this concluded my notes. And these were the, the bullet points that I wanted to talk about. For me, personally, this is very scary because, as I mentioned um, a lot of people who are not happy with their lives will be drawn to this reality. It is very um, scary and frightening to me because people will lose their sense of reality and they will make you feel things, make you taste and smell things um, that you want or like invoke that feeling within you that they want you to feel and that everything is seems so utopic and uh, it seems so perfect to to be real like it's i think um where was this like in the matrix i think they said it that at the beginning they tried to make the matrix very perfect but it didn't work because people started to waking up more because they didn't believe that life is so perfect. So then they had to make um, make it a little bit more realistic and people would suffer so they wouldn't wake up. Um, and that's, that's what it feels like to me. Very utopic, very perfect, uh, very beta version of the Matrix and... Honestly, I prefer to be awake even if I'm at war than to be sleeping in a holographic reality. And that is that is facts for me. That that is the truth. So my final thoughts are there are way there's one way that the metaverse can help, which is learning. Uh however, it is scary. Um, that reality as we know it goes further and further away from us every day. It is scary because reality as we know it right now will not exist if that metaverse system succeeds. Uh, and this way of life can be addictive to people. That is, that is my final thought. And in some ways we are addicted to our phones already. So we don't need another thing to be addicted at. However... These are my thoughts. These are my final, this is my two cents on the subject. Uh, so if you have your thoughts and if you have a different way of seeing things and if you have a different point of view, please, please, please let me know. Follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM. I will be more than happy to uh, listen to your thoughts and your opinions. I know that podcasts don't usually have comment sections. Um, so please follow me on Instagram, astro.tess. You will be able to find my Instagram. Follow me there and let me know what you think about this whole whole metaverse uh, reality. 
Uh, I told you what I think. I'm only a human and I'm only one person out of this whole equation. Um, and it will do nothing without your opinion as well. So tell me, tell me, please tell me if you think that this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. And what do you think about um, the the metaverse? I hope you enjoyed this different type of comp podcast, completely different hope you enjoyed uh, a little bit more of a conversational um, podcast and a, a podcast that you hear more about my opinions and not just uh, factual things about astrology. We did talk about astrology a lot in the first part of the podcast and um, we talked about my opinions in the last one. So please let me know how you um, how you like the episode. If you did like it, please follow. There will be more podcasts like that. And thank you all so, so, so much for listening if you made it so far into the podcast. I will see you all next time. Stay safe, stay strong, and I'll see you all next time. Bye.